There are some quotations that stick in your mind. Some are funny. Some are about something important. Some are just memorable. Uh, There are those historic quotations that we all remember. Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. Abraham Lincoln's Four Score and Seven Years Ago. Here's a few to add to your list. Harry Truman once said, it's amazing what you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit. I like that. That's a a good one. Albert Einstein said, it's not that I'm so smart. It's just that I stay with the problems longer. I knew I could figure out relativity if I just stayed with it a little bit longer. I knew I could have got it. Mark Twain said, never argue with a fool. Onlookers may not be able to tell the difference. Good advice. Good advice. We remember quotes for a number of reasons. Sometimes we remember them because the more we think about them, the more we realize just how profound they really are. All of the statements that Christ makes are obviously that way. They are profound the first time you hear them, and then as you think about them, they become more profound as you understand more and more what They mean, but that's certainly true of the statement that Jesus makes here in John chapter 14, where we're continuing this morning. Again, we'll pick up this passage of Scripture in verse 12. Here Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you know Christ as your Savior this morning, you can do greater things. Now, this has to be one of those times when Jesus was teaching His disciples that they just stopped In their tracks. They must have thought to themselves, what did he just say? But this is important for all of us to hear. That you will do greater things. I know you heard what Jesus said, but listen to it again. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Wait, wait, what? what? This first statement is a jaw dropper. When Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. Well, Jesus had been doing some pretty amazing things. Fed the 5,000. Made the blind to see. Made the lame to walk. Raised Lazarus from the dead. And the disciples must have been thinking, we're going to do that? How's that going to work? But Jesus was emphatic. He begins his statement with this phrase, I tell you the truth. Now, it's not that Jesus would lie to his disciples. He has to convince them that he's being honest. That's, That's not what that phrase means. It meant that he understood that what he was about to say was something that was going to be very difficult for them to accept or even to believe that it could possibly be true. And so he emphatically says, what I'm about to tell you, it's the truth. And then he tells them, and us too, 
You see, Jesus didn't just say this to his disciples. He addresses this to anyone who has faith in me. And then he makes this incredible statement that we will do what he has been doing. That's important to note here. It all begins with faith in Jesus. That's where it all starts. We have to understand, without Jesus, we have nothing. Without Jesus, we can do nothing. But with Jesus, things get amazing. What did Jesus mean? That that we would go around healing people? Well, the disciples certainly did do that in Jesus' name. And, And no question that Jesus heals people today as well. But it has the same problem today that it had in the New Testament day. The people would focus on the miracle rather than giving glory to the one who did the miracle. Crowds were coming to see Jesus to fix their hangnail instead of coming in to find a Savior. So that's a problem. And Jesus recognized it. You see, what Jesus was doing when he did the miracles he did, they were not just magic tricks. He was showing the world God's power and love. He was teaching them that he came to provide the ultimate sacrifice so that we could know God. Here's something amazing. Something greater. God can use your testimony to the work of Christ in your life to point people to the cross. There's no greater miracle than that. In 2012, an art historian claimed to have found a lost painting of Leonardo da Vinci, thought to have been destroyed. The only problem was This Da Vinci painting had been painted over by another portrait, another painting. And so uh, some of the art historians tested some samples of the paint behind the paint. And they discovered that indeed that paint matched exactly the same type of paint that Leonardo Da Vinci used to paint other paintings, including the Mona Lisa. But then there was a problem. Okay, if there is a a Da Vinci masterpiece behind this painting, what do we do now? Now, some of the historians, they question whether there actually was a painting there at all. And for now, at least according to the articles that I could find about this, that question's still gone unanswered. There, there still is that, that, that wonder that maybe behind this picture of a soldier carrying a flag that reads in Italian, those who seek will find, that maybe behind that picture there is this incredible masterpiece. What Jesus is telling you in this extraordinary passage of Scripture is that he's waiting to do some amazing things through your life. That hidden in you if you know Christ is your Lord and Savior, is the very presence of Jesus the power to change eternity?
Christ is waiting to transform the lives of people around you as you share what Jesus has done for you. He is waiting to work through you in a way that in eternity someone will come up to you and hug your neck and say, I'm here because you shared with me what Jesus did for you. And it gets better. When we know the special ingredients. Now, almost every recipe that, that I've ever seen, it has that special ingredient. You know, that, that pinch of this or that dash of that. That, that, that brings out the taste. That, that makes that particular recipe special and wonderful and delicious. Well, Jesus gives his disciples and us a special ingredient. Here it is. Prayer. Listen to what he says, beginning in verse 13. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. That's an incredible statement. Especially taken after the incredible statement he makes just before this. That he's going to do greater Things, greater things, greater than raising somebody from the dead. What could Jesus possibly be saying here? Well, again, we have to look at the meaning of his miracles. He didn't raise Lazarus from the dead to impress everybody at the funeral. He brought Lazarus back to life to show that he has the power over death and life. In that power, you do great things when you share the message of Jesus. And that is multiplied by other believers who, like you, are sharing the message of Jesus. Now, it's more than just the exponential multiplication of missions that makes this exciting, although that's pretty exciting. What is it that Jesus means when he says, I will do whatever you ask in my name? Now, obviously, that in my name phrase is very important here. There are some things that we could not in good conscience ask in Jesus' name. We often say that at the end of our prayers. Uh, we say, in Jesus' name, amen. Might be a good idea to know why, why we're doing that. Praying in Jesus' name, it's not a magical incantation. It's not the secret words that if you add that at the end of your prayer, it makes it come true. It is a way to say that we want what Jesus wants. Or put another way, we are by saying in Jesus' name, we are agreeing that whatever we prayed to happen in our prayer was something worthy of having Jesus' name attached to it. As Jesus continues his statement, it is those things that may bring glory to my Father. We have to understand that. That the purpose of our prayer 
It's not that our life will get easier. It's not that we will obtain whatever it is we're asking to obtain or or that someone else will receive whatever it is that we're asking them to receive. That's not the ultimate purpose. Or it shouldn't be. The ultimate purpose of our answered prayers should always be to glorify God. Or to put it in another way, praying in Jesus' name is making an extraordinarily audacious claim. Because when we pray in Jesus' name, we are making the claim to pray as Jesus would pray. That'll change your prayer life. Instead of just coming to God with a laundry list of what we want Him to do, our prayers become something far more significant, far more powerful. Because we're seeking to be the people God created us to be. Now don't get me wrong here. It's not that God doesn't want us to come to Him with the request that we have. He most certainly does. In fact, the Bible very specifically tells us to cast our cares upon Him because He cares for us. For us, And God wants us to come to Him with the problems that we have, with the difficulties that others have, with whether it's a health need or a financial need or a relationship need or, or whatever the situation may be. God wants, He desires for us to come to Him. Because by coming to Him with those requests, we are acknowledging, first of all, that God can do something about it. That God is all-powerful. That God is wise. That He knows exactly what needs to be done in our world. And we're coming to Him, requesting Him to do these things in our life and in the lives of our friends and neighbors and in in our world because we know that God can do those things. We acknowledge Him as God when we bring our request to Him. So He desires for us to do that. Also, as we bring our request to God, we acknowledge that we need Him desperately, that without God we're nothing, that without God our life is meaningless. So by coming to Him with the requests and the hurts and the heartaches that we have, we acknowledge, Father, I need You. And God desires for us to recognize that truth. So I am in no way suggesting that we should not bring our prayer requests to God, that we should not keep a a prayer list, that we should not uh, bring those issues before the Father. We absolutely should. That's absolutely biblical. It's just that's not all we should do in prayer. Because when we come to God and our ultimate purpose is we want the name of Christ to be lifted up. We want to be the people that God created us to be when we recognize that the purpose of prayer is not to just get the stuff we want. It is to glorify God. Then when we recognize that, there's no limit to what God can do. Now let's get back to this Da Vinci painting. That, That hidden beneath the work of this other artist, there is an incredible masterpiece. Now, when I was reading the article about this, they named the the painter, the artist that had painted this other painting. And I've got to confess, I've never heard of the guy. Now, I have to admit, my my art history knowledge is very limited. So my not knowing his name means absolutely nothing. But apparently this guy was a pretty famous painter. And in fact, the, the painting is a very old painting. It dates back, obviously, to the days of Da Vinci. 
So this painting that's over the Da Vinci painting is worth quite a bit on its own. And that's one of the the questions that some of the art historians have is, do we destroy this incredible work of this one artist to get back to the masterpiece that was originally on the canvas? And so that's why they haven't done anything yet. What you need to understand this morning is that's not the question here. This is not a question of taking our great masterpiece that we have made of our life and and removing that and getting back to the original masterpiece that God made us to be. That's not what's being asked here. This question is like the question faced by the curators of an art museum in Houston where they unfortunately discovered that a Picasso that they had in the museum had been defaced with spray paint. There was no question at that point that the painting needed to be restored. The art historians did not come in and go, well, that's Krylon spray paint. That's really good spray paint. I don't know if we want to take that off or not. No, immediately, immediately when it was discovered, they brought in the experts to figure out, okay, how do we get this mess off of here? How do we restore that masterpiece back to its original condition? There was never a question of whether or not to restore it. That's what this passage is describing. Because what Jesus offers us here is the difference between a masterpiece and one of my Crayola drawings that I made when I was five or one of my Crayola drawings that I've made now. They look basically the same. There's no comparison to what Jesus wants to do in and through your life. And the promise is that if we will live in Christ, if we will pray in His name, that the Master Designer will produce a masterpiece through you. Don't cover it up. Realize it. Accept it. And live the greater things Jesus wants to do through you. Listen again to our Savior's words. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Oh, Heavenly Father, help us understand the meaning of this passage. Help us to just even catch a glimpse of what you're saying to us here. That you want to do greater things through us. God, one of those greater things may be there there might be somebody here that they they came this morning wondering if their life could, could really mean anything. They came in here burdened by things that they've done in the past, burdened by guilt and shame. And, and they may even be wondering, do you, is there a God that even loves me? And oh, Heavenly Father, we pray right now that they would see your deep, deep love for them. That this morning they might recognize the transforming grace that is found only in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. God, we pray we'd see some greater things right here in our presence. If there's even a single person who doesn't know you this morning.
For those of us that do know you, Heavenly Father, first of all, thank you. Thank you for saving us, but, but God, so often we settle for less. We settle for our Crayola drawings when you want to do a masterpiece in our life. God, help us truly pray in the name of Jesus. Help us to live in the name of our Savior. That we truly might see the greater things you want to do through us. Help us, Heavenly Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.